The Productive Woman, Episode 3. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is the podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and the encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode of The Productive Woman, I'm going to be talking about my top 10 tips for managing your day. I'm going to share some of my best thoughts on getting through the busy days without losing your mind. I'll also share my tip of the week, which is some thoughts on how to make your calendar really work for you, and my tool of the week, which is a couple of options for useful calendars. So uh, let's get right to it. First, the tip of the week. Make your calendar work for you. Use it like a ninja. Um, One thing that can really multiply the stress factor in your life exponentially is losing track of appointments and commitments. Overscheduling, double booking, just outright missing appointments, or, or even just worrying about doing any of those things that can take up a lot of brain energy trying to remember the places you're supposed to be. So again, my tip of the week is to use your calendar to, to uh, solve that problem. And in a, a future episode, I'm going to talk in more detail about calendars and, and ways to use them and, and, you know, kind of really get into that deeper. But this time I just thought I'd throw out three little, um, three little hints, some things to keep in mind uh, to really make your calendar work for you in a great way. First one of all, Use your calendar only for time-bound commitments. These are things that actually have to happen on a specific day and at a specific time. Cluttering your calendar with, you know, phony appointments or to-do items just teach your brain to ignore the calendar. So those things, we'll talk in a later episode about to-do lists. Like They're important and um, there's a lot that can be said about them, but the calendar is not the place for those things. Again, use your calendar only for actual appointments, uh, things, time-bound commitments that have to happen on a specific day and time. Second, write down all your commitments. Don't try to keep them in your brain. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later when we get into the top 10 tips. But um, it's important to get everything written down that's a commitment. Put it in your calendar, whether it's a paper calendar or an electronic one. And here's the key. Include in that calendar entry the information you need for that appointment. If it's off-site, include the address of the place you're going. So, you know, whether you want to enter it, be able to enter it into your um, the GPS on your car or whatever, um, but have the address there, uh, the phone number of the location or the people you're meeting there so you can call them or text them if you're running late. Uh, when I make a schedule of a... a Uh, conference call at the office if it's say to discuss a document that's under negotiation I'll actually attach the draft of that document right there to the um, calendar entry in my uh, in my computer so that when it comes time for the appointment it's um it's there and uh, I just pull up that calendar entry and everything I need is right there it's just a real uh, important thing to to uh, make your calendar useful for you. Do it when you make when you actually put the uh, the uh, entry into your calendar, so you don't have to remember later. And finally, 
Use one calendar for all your appointments, whether it's work, home, you know, personal things, other family members' events. I, I live and die by my calendar. Everything I need to, to do goes in there. And, you know, my secretary laughs at me because I tell him you, when my, I set alarms for uh, different appointments and when my calendar dings at me, I get up and go where it tells me to go. And so, uh, but everything is in one, that one calendar. Uh, so I don't have to keep consulting different calendars to figure out whether I've got free time, whether I'm available for a meeting, that sort of thing. Um, when I was home full time, I kept a calendar on the refrigerator, and every appointment wrote uh, was written down in there. I, you know, I often told the kids, if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. So if they needed a ride somewhere or, you know, whatever, it had to go on the calendar so I, we could look at it and know and plan ahead for it. Um, I do use, um, and, and I put my husband's, you know, calendars, uh, appointments and things too because you have to schedule around those sorts of things. I actually use an electronic calendar and I, and I have actually different, a different electronic calendar for one for office, one for personal things, uh, and my husband's calendar and we share those. But they're set up in such a way that um, I, I, I can combine them into one view on my phone or my computer. So at a glance, I can see all the commitments, both mine and other people's, that might have an impact on my scheduling decisions. So those are just a couple of ideas. Um, the tip of the week is get a calendar, use the calendar. And again, we'll be talking later in, in later episodes about that in more detail. Um, the tool of the week then kind of segues off of that and that's um, uh, shared calendars in general but I thought I'd throw out there the option of Google calendars if you like paper calendars that's great but I you know I'm kind of a fan of the electronic calendar that shows up on my smartphone and my iPad so that wherever I go my calendar's with me and I don't have to wait till I get home to find out that I've scheduled a you know a dentist appointment at the same time as uh, you know a kids event or something like that so uh, shared calendars are a fabulous thing and and Google calendars is one option that's free and available to anybody it has some real advantages one of them is you can create multiple calendars uh, as I talked about before, and share them with your spouse, your assistant, you know, if there's a club you're, you're a, you know, a president of or something, you can share it with the other members. On a real granular level, you can decide who has access to a calendar and what kind of access they, they, uh, they have, whether they can add things to it, edit things on it, or just see it. And you can share them, as I said. It's a very simple process to do so definitely check out um you know at, at google.com look for their calendars app and see what the options are there and i'll have the a link in the show notes uh, if there's interest in it in learning a little more about that i could do a screencast and post it up on the facebook page or on the website or something um, that sort of walks you through the process of of creating these calendars and sharing them with other people and setting your view so you can like I do see every every calendar kind of combined into one so if that's something you think would be of interest shoot me an email at feedback at the productive and I'll see about doing that 
Uh, another advantage that Google calendars, among others, have is that they sync with most smartphones and other devices. So again, you can carry your calendar with you. But they're also available on the web. And so any computer, anywhere you can log in, you can pull up your, your calendar and edit it and do the things you need to do. So tip of the week is to use that calendar um, uh, and, and keep track of all your appointments. The tool of the week is the shared digital calendar and Google Calendar specifically. And I hope those are helpful to you. Again, I'll have a couple uh, links in the show notes that might be helpful. And as a reminder, you can find the show notes by going to theproductivewoman.com and looking for episode three. Uh, so you can, you can find my links and so on there. So let's get right into the main topic for this episode, which is my top 10 tips for managing your day. Uh, in, in future episodes, I'll be focusing kind of on more on one particular element of productivity uh, in a little more depth. But I thought maybe this time I'd just give kind of a, a flyover um, if your days seem to get the better of you and, and sometimes you're, you know, you're looking for some simple steps you can take right now to get more on top of things, uh, then, then I'm going to throw out some ideas that might help you, some little things that you can maybe put into practice right away. These are the things that help me get through the day without completely losing my mind um, uh, on most days. So, Top, here we go, my top 10 tips for managing your day. Number one, this is always the first thing I share whenever I talk about productivity. This is the bedrock, the key. Write it down. Every task, every commitment, everything that's important needs to be written down. You need to have a system for it, and we, we will talk in future episodes about systems for keeping track of all these things. But the first step is write it down. If Why does this matter? It, it, it frees your mind up from the energy and attention-sucking job of trying to remember. Uh, one of the, the great um, you know, books on the subject of productivity is, is David Allen's Getting Things Done, and I think I may have men, man, uh, mentioned that in an earlier episode. David, in, in Getting Things Done, talks about the way uh, uncompleted commitments take up, you know, psychic energy, mental energy. Each one that you're trying to hold in your head, making you just the tiniest bit more tired, more distracted, and therefore less productive. And he emphasizes, uh, you know, over and over in this great book. And I, again, I'm going to put a link in the show notes because I really do recommend this book. Um, the first step to managing your life and time is getting every commitment, every uncompleted task, every, you know, everything like that, large and small, out of your head and into a trusted system. And again, I'm going to talk more in future episodes about uh, different ways of setting up those systems to, to get these things into your um uh, you know, out of your head and, and where you don't have to be thinking about it all the time. I use OmniFocus, an app called OmniFocus, to capture my commitments, my to-dos and that sort of thing. But you can start with a simple pen and paper. Uh, David Allen in his book has a whole process you can go through for capturing. and uh, But you can start with a pen and paper and, and write these things down. So number one t- tip, 
the one that everything else depends on is write it down. Ugh. Number two, get a head start. The best way to hit the ground running on your day is to start the night before. So before leaving your workspace, if you're, you know, if you have a, a, an outside job or before going to bed, take, you know, 10 minutes to look over the next day's commitments. What appointments do you have to prepare for? What do you need to have with you for those appointments? Make sure you've gathered those materials and have them ready to go. Uh, what three to five tasks absolutely must get done tomorrow? Decide what you're going to do first. You know, look at your to-do list and decide whether any of the tasks on it, if you've got more than that three to five, uh, is there anything on that list that maybe should be delegated to somebody else? I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Or even better, just crossed off the list altogether. And I'm going to talk about that a, a little bit later as well. The busier your day is going to be, the more important it is to do this just quick survey the day or the evening before. It, it means you literally, you, you really, not literally, you can actually hit the ground running. You're not going to waste time in the morning deciding where to start or gathering your materials and maybe discovering something you really need for one of your appointments or your meetings or whatever isn't available to you. So, you know, 10 minutes or so at the end of the day, looking into the next day and not planning the whole day, but look at what's got to be done, decide where you're going to start and be ready to do that when you, when you get up and get going. Number three, do your most dreaded task first. You know, every one of us has one or more tasks on our to-do list that we just dread doing. Maybe it's an unpleasant phone call you don't want to make. Or maybe it's a, you know, a blog post you've been putting off writing because you don't know how to start. Or, or a project that just overwhelms you because it's so massive. Whatever, you know, whatever your thing is... It's something that hangs over your head. It distracts you with guilt because it keeps getting pushed to the next day and the next. So do it first thing. Get it done, cross it off the list, and get it out of your head. Uh, Michael Hyatt, uh, in his, um, in, great, on his, uh, several times in his great blog at michaelhyatt.com, he talks about slaying your dragons before breakfast. There's just nothing more motivating for the rest of your day than crossing that monster off your list first thing in the morning. Make that call you've been dreading. Pull out a piece of paper and, you know, brainstorm ideas for the, the blog post or the article that you need to write. Do something about that overwhelming task. If it's a huge project, you probably can't finish it in one day, but you can get started. So take a look at it. Pick one little thing that you can do to move in the direction of um, slaying that dragon and just do it. And then, you know, let the satisfaction of crossing that thing off your list carry you on into the rest of the busy day. So do, do the thing you're dreading most first and take a moment to celebrate and then, you know, dig in and do the rest of the things you need to do. Number four, turn off distractions. One of the biggest productivity killers is the distraction of constant interruptions. And our, our life, my life certainly, is full of them. 
you know, it, whether it's emails and phone calls, people appearing at your door, if you're a full-time mom and trying to do other things from home, you know, maybe small children, there's any number of things. Certainly all the technology that people like me love so much can can sometimes make it almost impossible to maintain the kind of focused attention that's necessary to work efficiently and effectively. But but here's the thing, you can control the technology. When you've got an important task that requires attention and focus, you need to create the space to give it your best. So if it's a meeting with a client or a colleague or an important letter that needs to get written or a piece of art you want to create, schedule a block of time to focus on that commitment, whatever that commitment is for you, and then turn off all the distractions. Turn off your phone or, you know, at least silence the ringer. Silence your email alerts. Close your office door or, you know, whatever you need to do to block out the world. And just for that hour or that 30 minutes or the half day, whatever it is that you've set aside for this task, turn off all the outside communications and give yourself the the truly necessary luxury of some undisturbed time to really focus on the matter at hand. Okay, so turning off the distractions is number four. Number five, though, is kind of the other side of that, and that's take breaks. Uh, Serious focus is necessary to accomplish really important, a lot of really important tasks, but there's a limit to how long anybody can devote deep focus to a task. So no matter how busy you are, after a certain amount of time, there's a law of diminishing returns that kicks in and, and fatigue, whether physical or mental, starts to impair your effectiveness. You're just not going to be as able to focus and be as attentive and uh, be able to see the details, whatever. You're not going to think as well after some period of time. And it may be different for everybody, but you need to be kind of in tune to your own working style to know how long you can go. So you need to schedule breaks periodically, even during the busiest days. Uh, you, you might think you can't afford to, but you really can't afford not to if you want to be truly effective. Even if it's just a few minutes, take you know 10 minutes to stand up, stretch, get a drink of water, go for a walk around the block if you can. Um, you'll come back to your work refreshed, both mentally and physically, and you'll be ready to be even more productive. So There you go, number five, take breaks. Number six, and, you know, these aren't, other than the first one, write, you know, write it down, which is always number one. The rest of these aren't in any particular order, but uh, number six is eat breakfast. Do I need to explain this? I, you know, I don't know. There are so many studies confirming how important breakfast is for maintaining our health. Um, Healthy people are more productive. So no matter how busy you are, eat some breakfast. Eat a healthy breakfast, uh, and uh, it will give you the energy, the physical energy you need to get through your day. Number seven is get some exercise. You know, I don't want to be a broken record here, but healthy people are more productive. 
and exercise makes you healthier. So try to get some exercise every day. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, you don't need to spend hours at the gym to get the benefit of this. A few of us really have time for that. But take a walk around the block. Do some isometrics at your desk. Uh, get on the treadmill for a few minutes if the weather won't let you get outside. Something. Do something to get your heart pumping a little bit and your blood racing. Uh, you know, do some jumping jacks or something. Doing that will enhance just your general well-being and it will improve your ability to think more clearly. Uh, it's uh, physical exercise, physical exertion is a stress reliever as well. And I really learned this lesson. I've told this story before. When I was in law school studying for final exams, and final exams in law school are a big deal because unlike you know college and other levels of education, your entire uh, your entire grade for a class is based on one, two or three hour essay exam at the end of the semester and it covers everything that you've learned that semester so the exams are killer and they're incredibly important for your uh, for your grade and your future so you spend hours and hours and hours during that week before exam studying and I found that uh, you know I'd be just studying away and outlining the cl- the course materials and and trying to learn all this and make sure I you know was ready for the exams and just so stressed out that my el- my shoulders were up around my ears and I was you know completely stressed and I would jump on the stationary bike and just pedal myself into a sweat for 20 minutes and uh, and I was doing it at the time just to kind of stay healthy and keep my weight at a reasonable level. But I found that I would feel better. I would the stress would would be less as I got off. You just working it off off by um, working out that way makes a big difference. So again, you're healthier, you're less stressed, you're going to be more productive. So get try to get some kind of exercise every day, even if it's just 15 minutes. That's number seven. Uh, number eight, delegate. And I have to confess that I, I stink at this. I hate to ask for help. And a lot of times it seems like it's more trouble to explain a task to someone else than, than just to do it myself. But not everything that needs to be done in your life must be done by you. And if you want to be truly productive, you need to focus your time and attention on the things that only you can do. So evaluate that to-do list really carefully. If you're, especially if you're, you know, overwhelmed by too many things to get done and you're feeling like your days are getting away from you, sit down and take a look at that list. And what tasks on there could somebody else do, thereby freeing you up to do the things uh, that only you can do? And look around you. Who is available to do some of those tasks? You know, depending on what stage of life and where you spend your time, it it could vary. Uh, Do you have a secretary? Could some of those tasks be be handed to, to him or her? Is there a colleague that could be doing this? A family member? A paid helper? You know, not everybody has a, a lot of resources to draw on, but there, in, in most cases, 
there are other people in your life who could step in and step up and help out if if needed. Uh, so because again, an important key to being truly productive is focusing focusing your time and attention on those things that only you can do and giving somebody else the opportunity to contribute by doing those other tasks that don't need just your specific skills and attention. So um, number eight is delegate, and this is one I'm continuously working at. So number nine, and um, this, uh, a shout-out goes to a listener who brought up a question about that this, uh, and we'll talk more about this another time, but number nine on the list is say no. And we're going to talk more again in a, in a later episode about how to do this and why to do this. But the short of it is this, you know, think about how many commitments have you made that don't really need to be kept at all? Have you taken on tasks that don't really matter to you or to anybody else? Is your calendar cluttered with meetings that don't accomplish anything for organizations that you no longer care about? Has your day been hijacked by somebody else's priorities? If your calendar is jammed, if your to-do list is, you know, miles long, then again, you need to take 10 minutes to look at that, uh, that list, at that calendar, with a careful eye. Look at each item and think about it. Can any of those appointments or tasks simply be crossed off to create some reasonable margin in your life? Is everything on there something that truly needs to be done? I mean, I don't know. Do you really need to iron your sheets? Maybe you do. I, you know, no, nobody can make that decision for you. But, um, but think about it. Going back to the previous episode when we talked about um, the big picture and those those guiding principles what things on your calendar and on your to-do list are things that you've imposed on yourself or you've allowed other people to impose on you but that don't really further the priorities that you've established for your life. Um, Think about those things and think about how you can cross those off. Say no to those things so that you can say yes to the things that really matter to you. And going forward, when, uh, you know, somebody calls you or appears at your door with a request for your participation in some activity, you need to take a breath before you answer and consider whether it fits into your priorities, whatever those may be. And, and, and really, I mean, sometimes the priority is pleasing someone you care about. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say you, you create this list of, of, of priorities that are all about you and what you want and, uh, and you say no to anything anybody else asks you for. One of my priorities is to uh, be a good wife and a good mother. And so sometimes I'm going to say yes to something for my husband or my kids or my grandchildren because it's, it's, it, 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 it maybe takes away from some of my me time or some project that I had in mind, but it's important to me to, to do kind things and to be a part of their lives. So, you know, that's okay. But, but when somebody asks you to do something, you really need to think about it. 
if, if as you consider whether their request is something that fits in whatever your priorities are that you've set for yourself, you know, if the answer's no, then just say no. And this is hard for a lot of women. We, we like to take care of people. We like people to like us. We want to, you know, we, we're flattered that somebody asks us to do things, and that's how we end up so overcommitted. So saying no is hard. So practice it ahead of time. Stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself and try, thank you for inviting me, but no. Or thank you for asking, but no. Or thank you for thinking of me, but no. Not I wish I could, but I can't, because then they're good. That, that invites an argument. Uh, so you know, there's a wise person, there's a saying, I I don't even know who said this first, but uh, somebody very wise has said, no is a complete sentence. No explanation necessary, just no. Uh, And again, we'll talk about this in a future episode, but it's something to think about. And finally, item 10 uh, on my top 10 tips is a little more complicated. Uh, It's what I call batch processing. And what I mean by that is doing similar tasks um, together. So, you know, if, if the demands of your day include some routine tasks, try to group them and schedule certain times of the day to knock those um, routine tasks out. Are you answering emails or returning phone calls, um, entering expenses into a spreadsheet? I don't know. Uh, instead of interrupting your other tasks to do these things piecemeal, batch them. Set two or three or five or however many times are necessary to check and respond to emails. Return phone calls at 11.45 a.m. and 4.45 p.m. or something like that. Or if you really want to avoid getting sucked into a long phone conversation, return calls at 12.15 p.m. while folks are at lunch and at 5.15 p.m. after they've left for the day and just leave a message. Uh, And so that's another way to save some time. But the idea is to to give yourself the the time to focus on bigger projects by putting these uh, uh, little routine things that come up frequently, setting them aside to specific times to get them completed and, and do them all at once. So that's it. One, uh, you know, my top 10 tips, I'll... um, I'll, you know, put the highlights into the show notes so that you can go look at those and uh, if, if you want a reminder of them. But, the, you know, the bottom line is these are, you know, these are little things. There's nothing, you know, revolutionary about any of them. But little things really can make a big difference in managing the demands on our time. And when you're busy uh, picking one or two of these things to kind of focus on and, and start practicing can make a huge difference in how you feel about your day. So, you know, what are some of your best strategies for staying on top of your busy days? I'd love it if you'd share your suggestions by going to the comments section, going to www.theproductivewoman.com, go to the show notes for this episode, episode three, and scroll down to the comments. Leave, you know, your best tip or two. Uh, I'd love to hear from you anyway. Comments, questions, suggestions, whatever, you can certainly do them there. And um, 
So those are my top 10 tips. The next episode or two, we're going to be talking about goal setting. And we're going to do a little bit of a, as they say, deeper dive into the whole topic of setting goals that you can achieve. Another upcoming episode is going to respond to a listener question about uh, addressing how to say no gracefully. So we talked about that a little bit, but we're going to go into some more detail on that. So if you have questions about either of those two topics, goal setting or saying no, either questions or comments or suggestions, uh, I'd love to hear them because I really want to make these episodes useful to you. So you can email your questions or your hints or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or you can leave a voicemail message by going to laura-mcclellan.com That's L-A-U-R-A hyphen or dash McClellan, M-C-C-L-E-L-L-A-N dot com. And click on the pink tab at the right hand side of the site and that will let you leave a voicemail message. Uh, You know, keep it to a couple of minutes. And I may play it on a future episode that sends that message to me in a file that I can actually, you know, play on air, so to speak. Uh, Let me know in your message uh, whether it's okay to use your name or your first name, maybe. And if you have a website or a blog, mention that um, in in your message as well. If I use your question or your suggestion in an episode, I'll share your site as well so you'll get a little cross promotion. Well, that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. If you're enjoying this podcast and you haven't already subscribed, you can subscribe to The Productive Woman in iTunes. That will send each new episode straight to your computer or your smartphone as soon as it's released, so you'll have it right away. If you think this podcast is worthwhile, I'd be very grateful if you'd consider rating The Productive Woman in iTunes. Uh, It helps so much with keeping the podcast visible getting it out there so people who haven't heard it heard of it and there are lots of those still um, can discover it and hopefully join the conversation and finally be sure to join that conversation on Facebook look for the productive woman on Facebook like the page and leave a post there to say hi or ask a question or post a topic for the community to weigh in on I really do want to hear from you and uh, and appreciate whatever feedback you can offer. Thanks again for joining me. And until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.